So we're in Matthew chapter, we're still, we're in the end of 26. Last week, we were looking at Jesus in the garden with his disciples after, and Jesus, and Judas has come and betrayed him with a kiss. Uh, how just interesting. The disciples, Peter pulls out a sword, and so we're in Matthew, but all of these, uh, where we're at right now, like when he's arrested in Gethsemane, that's in all the other three Gospels too. So it's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John often doesn't have everything. But around this time, John has a ton of stuff. So if you're wanting to look at, to study it more, look at John around the uh, the Passover meal and all that kind of stuff because there's a lot more. That's where... Jesus is teaching about the the vine and the branches. He does several teachings that are only in John. So we're um, in. Peter cuts off the um, the ear, and Jesus says to him, "Don't you know that if I pray to my Father, He will provide me more than twelve legions of angels, which we figured was around seventy two thousand." And and then in John it says he stuck the ear back on. Or no, in Luke it says that. Um, and so Jesus is carried away, and he, he asked them, have you come out as a robber to take me with swords and clubs? And, uh, you know, I sat there in the temple. You could have taken me all that time, but they wanted to do it at night because they didn't want to stir the people up. And all this was done that the Scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Um, and then it says, all the disciples forsook him and fled. This is like maybe two hours to a couple of hours after they said, we would never leave you. And yet they did. And, uh, and I'm reminded of Isaiah chapter 53, which I've... Uh, Isaiah chapter 53, I, which we've got in here in a little bit, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, uh, oh, there, wait a minute, is that some, nope, we're at, okay, they forsook him and fled, then it says in verse 57, uh, and those who had laid hold of Jesus led him away to Caiaphas the high priest where the scribes and the elders were assembled. Um, so Matthew says that they went to Caiaphas, that's not what John says. Um, John 18, uh, 3 through 13 and 14 says, and they led him away to Annas first, which was, that was the father, father-in-law of Caiaphas. Annas had four or five sons that had also been the high priest, but Annas for about 40 years, well, yeah, 30 years at least, Annas was really the de facto high priest. There were guys that occupied the office, but he was really the boss the whole time. So the first thing they did, and this is like at midnight, 12 o'clock at night, something like that. They take him uh, to, to Annas first, father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. Now it was Caiaphas who advised the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for, for all. It's better, and it was that was back over in I think chapter eleven of John. He says, "Don't you know that it's better for one than to, for us to all perish?" 
so Jesus was going to be the figurative, literal and figuratively and spiritually sacrificial lamb. Uh, and then it says, but Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard, and he went in and sat with the servants to see the end of what was going to happen. So, but this is at midnight. They're having a trial at midnight. How many trials do you know that happen at midnight? There's actually laws against it most places that you can't have a trial at night. You can't have a sneaky trial. But they go to Caiaphas first, and then they go to Annas, or they go to Annas first, and then they go to Caiaphas, and maybe back and forth, kind of. Um, but and it didn't even happen at first in the in the official place in the Sanhedrin where it was supposed to happen. It happened in Caiaphas, like back patio or something like that. I mean, Annas's back patio, and it may have happened at Caiaphas's house instead of the officially. So the uh, the chief priests and the elders and all the council sought false testimony. What did they seek? They sought, they wanted to get false testimony because they knew they couldn't get the truth because they'd been trying to do that all along. So they they were seeking after false testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. They couldn't even find anybody false. There were people brought to there and they'd say, tell me what you saw. And they'd say, we saw him do this. Well, that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. We can't hold, hold him with that. Uh, but found none, even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. The purpose of the witnesses were to be false witnesses. And it, it was no good. But at least two false witnesses came forward and said, this fellow said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. Um. Okay, and in, if you go to Mark's version of it, it says they couldn't even agree on that. They couldn't, the two guys that said, I'm, I can do this, they didn't agree. And the high priest arose and said to him, do, your, do you answer nothing? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus kept silent. And the high priest answered and said to him, I, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. So he asked Jesus to testify against himself since they can't get anybody else to do it. And Jesus said to him, it is as you said, nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter, you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. And that's a Daniel 7 quote that that we've looked at when we studied the book of Revelation. Uh, then the high priest tore his clothes saying, okay, you got to picture this. This is happening late, late at night and he puts on a Shakespearean play for them. This big old, um, big old theatrics. Uh, he says, um, He's spoken blasphemy, he tears his clothes. What further need do we have of witnesses? We don't even need witnesses. 
what was the point of them doing all that if they didn't need witnesses? But look, now you've heard his blasphemy. What do you think? And they answered and said, he is deserving of death. Then they spat in his face and beat him and others struck him with the palms of their hands saying, prophesy. Uh, so picture this, they're beating him and, and Jesus is reacting the way a, a normal person would, you know, covering his head and whatever. He said, prophesy to us. Jesus, tell us who it was that struck you. Prophesy. I mean, just mean, nasty. Now, Peter sat outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him and said, um, now, there's a lot more if you look at the other Gospels about what's going on. One real quick thing. There was one of the others points out that they blindfolded him when they did that beating and yeah. were asking him to prophesy. So yeah. that's, that's why they were Well, and, and the other Gospels have a lot more detail on and more, more lengthy deals about what's going on. Um, but... Then the, uh, and Peter stands outside and he says to the servant, servant girl says to him, you also are with Jesus of Galilee, but he denied them all, denied it before them saying, that's the first denial. Um, I don't know what you're saying. That's the first denial. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and she said, to those who were there, hey, this is one of the guys that was with that Jesus of Nazareth. This is all while the beating or the beating and stuff is still going on in here because this goes on all through the night. Illegal, what was going on. Um, and this fellow was also with him. And again, he denied this time with an oath. I swear, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know the man. I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely, aren't you one of those guys? For your speech betrays you. Because they were from Galilee. And he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not swear. And this time he swears, I don't know him. Immediately a rooster crowed. And of course, we all know that. And Peter remembered the words of Jesus who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. Isaiah 53.3. 3, Isaiah 53 is the suffering servant passage that is a prophecy about Jesus. Amazing. Describes crucifixion before the kind of crucifixion that... And these beatings and stuff were, were different from... The beatings and the crucifixion, the exact combination of all the things that happens to Jesus are was not a common thing. But in Isaiah 53, about 800 years earlier, there's a description of it. And in that he says, He's despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. That's what Peter did. That's what all the disciples did when they ran away. It says they all fled. They, they esteemed him not during all that. It's, it's tragic. One week earlier, the people are saying, Hail, King of David. And it's going to get worse. It just gets worse. 
When morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. The priests and elders of the people. Okay, so all of this has been happening about six hours. And I think it's gone on all night. Some of these elders and priests have probably gone home and slept while other people were doing the dirty work. But they get up at maybe around 6 o'clock in the morning and they say they get their story straight and what they're going to do because they're going to go to Pilate to, to bring Jesus. Uh, and when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I've sinned by betraying innocent blood. A little late for that, huh? Was he sorry? Or was he just sorry he got caught, like our kids do sometimes? Maybe. Maybe. Because it, it may not have been what he expected was going to happen. Maybe he thought Jesus was going to call the angels down, call the 72,000. Well, and that's one of the reasons why they took, that's one of the reasons why they sent so many people is so they couldn't, he couldn't get away like he had before, Sarge. This is my personal opinion. About Judas? Yes. Okay. He hung himself. Well, we'll get, yeah, we get to that. I don't think it was any highest that he hung himself. I think he was genuinely that he sorry it may have been too late. Right. You just don't kill yourself. He was sorry. I I think he was. I I don't think he was sorry for pushing it, but I think that he was sorry for the outcome that he did get, maybe. He was sorry enough to kill himself. That's right. I I agree with you. I agree with you. No, I think. Well, they, he was thinking just like other disciples. They thought Jesus was going to bring the kingdom, and Judas thought Jesus needed a little help to push things forward. Yeah, and so he tried to escalate the situation, and he expected them to draw swords, and they didn't. Right, and he went willingly. Yeah, this was political. Yeah. Right. So it, yeah, the death of Jesus was political. right. Very very political. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'm I've I think about how many times we try to help God out with stuff. I think I know a better way than God. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna help God out. That's what Abraham did, and he ends up with Ishmael. So, and which it, we still deal with even to this day. Um, but he said, "I've sinned and betrayed in blood." And they said to him, "So, what is that to us? You just deal with it." Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Okay, that's pretty weird for this guy to throw his, the money away, to let go of it. Um, and we know how concerned he was about the... It said that he was the guy that kept the, the bank bag for him. Uh, I think it went way different than he thought it was going to go. Yes, yeah. So he throws the pieces of silver down... Uh, almost like Pilate washing his hands. Yeah. I'm going to get rid of this stuff, and then I won't be... But he couldn't get rid of it. He still feels guilty. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, it's not lawful to put them in the treasury because they're the price of blood. These guys 
They were happy to, they would have been happy to have 30 pieces of silver, but they couldn't put them in the treasury. So, uh, they're the, because they were a blood, they were blood money. And they consulted together and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Therefore, that field to, has been called the field of blood to this day. Okay, and we don't have here, but we know that Jesus, hung, I mean, that Judas hung himself in, in this field in the Hinnom Valley, which is where the potter's field was. Um, but in the bottom end of the valley, there was clay that they made pots out of. That's why they called it the potter's field. And uh, so that's where J- Judas, maybe where he hung himself or maybe not, Well, whatever the deal is, he hung himself in a tree and either the knot came loose or something. And he, it must have been on the side of a cliff because he falls far enough that it his body breaks open and his guts spill out. So, um, and that was, so they buy the potter's field and they bury him there. And uh, thus was fulfilled, verse 9, what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet saying, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced. This is in this is actually not in Jeremiah. It's in the book of Zechariah. They called all the minor prophets. Jeremiah is the first one, and they just called all those the writings of Jeremiah. The Jews referred to them as that. So that's it was that was like a title for all of it. But that's if you look up Zechariah eleven verses twelve and thirteen. This is a paraphrase of that. They took the 30 pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, whom they of the children of Israel priced and gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. And actually in the, um, it says, if you go back and look at Zechariah chapter 11, it's a, it's a, it's a thing that Zechariah is acting out that God told him what to do. He has these two sticks and he's got, He's got a part of his, he's the shepherd and he fires a bunch of shepherds and then half of the sheep are dying and uh, ha- and he breaks a stick and all of this stuff happens. But it, And it says that he threw the pieces of silver into the house of God. I mean, it's a description of this exactly. Um, so that's, Jer- that's Zechariah chapter 11. So all of that is a kind of a, parentheses of what's going on in there. And it says in verse 11, Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? Look, you compare all of the all four Gospels, because this is in here in Matthew, it's in Mark 15, Luke 23, and John chapter 18. There's, there's extra stuff in some of the other Gospels of what's going on. John has just a, a lot more. And... It starts off by saying, okay, what's the charge against this man? But uh, he's, So the governor asks him at some point, are you the king of the Jews? Because that's the charge that they brought against him. And, G- and Jesus said to him, it's as you say. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, Don't you, do you not hear all these things they're testifying against you? But he answered him not one word so that the governor marveled greatly. Now at the feast, the governor, okay, you got to go look in some of the others because Pilate asked him a lot of things. There's stuff where Pilate's wife says, 
don't have anything to do with this. I've had a dream and it's not going to be good for you. And there's a lot of sending them this way and that. Uh, if you look in, um, in Luke chapter 23, uh, Pilate figures out, wait, where are you from anyway? And he says, that they find out that he's been in Galilee. And he goes, oh, it's not my problem anymore. And so he sends him to Herod over on in Transjordan and says, it's your problem because he's, been, he's from Galilee. Herod was there for the Passover. And so he says, go over and let Herod take care of it. And Herod doesn't want to have anything to do with it. And then they bring him back. And, and, and at that point he says, okay, I've got some idea. Um, now at the feast... Verse 15, the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they gathered together, Pilate said to them, hey, and this is in the other gospels, Jesus has been beat up a bunch already, scourged. And so he's looking pretty ragged. He's got a red robe on and he's got this crown of thorns and he brings him out. And, and I think that he thinks that people will have pity on him. And he says, okay, do you want this, do you want this rotten guy, Barabbas? He's, been, he's stolen from you. He's done all kinds of things. He's the, this would be like Bonnie and Clyde. Do you want me to release sweet Joe Cookie Man or do you want me to release Bonnie and Clyde? That's kind of what, the, what he presented to him. This poor guy, sweet Joe the Cookie Man that's been beat up and everything, don't you want me to release him? He's trying to figure out a way to get out of this, but he says, who do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who's called the Christ? For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. And because he, and that, so he's trying to incite all the people to say, let him go. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him saying, oh, I have nothing to do with this just man, for I've suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes. So I think they planted people out there and said, tell him to be crucified. Uh, and you know, a, a mob can do what mobs do. The priest chiefs and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, wait, what will I do with Jesus? And they all said, crucify him. One week later, one week after they've been saying, hail son of David, King of the Jews. Then the governor said, why, what evil has he done? They cried out all the more saying, let him be crucified. And when Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, which that was their main thing. Don't, don't have any riots. The peace of Rome ruled over all. That was one of the reasons why they let people go. Uh, they were willing to let a, uh, let a criminal go was just to satisfy the people. Keep the peace. Keep the peace. Yeah, like no bail. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, why? Uh, when he saw that he couldn't prevail, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hand before the multitude. Why not do some theatrics? The priest, the high priest has already done his theatrics. So he says, I wash my hands. I am innocent of the blood of this just person. 
You see to it yourself. And all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and our children. That is not a good thing. Uh, Some people say they paid for that for 2,000 years. Then he released Barabbas to them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. I think he's already been scourged. Uh, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium, gathered the whole garrison around him, stripped him, put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted thorns, they put it on his head. Some of these are out of uh, a little bit different order in the others. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! Then they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to be crucified. So, as, and as they came out, and I think this is as they come out of the, the praetorium, so it's out, and they come out of the city gates on the way walking towards Golgotha, uh, they pull Simon of Cyrene, verse 32. As they came out, they found the Mount Simon of Cyrene. Him they compelled to bear his cross. So we're all familiar with that story. They, Jesus is beaten up so bad. A lot of people didn't even dis- survive the scourging. And you know that the, the cat of nine tails and there, there was glass or, um, or stone or... Uh, metal on the tip on the whip things and they they were really good at it and this was the persians of initially came up with crucifying so crucifying had been there even before the romans the romans adopted it from the persians and um but they they got really good at it they perfected it to a science and tried to prolong how make it as cruel as it could be, but also not kill them. Um, that, that's where a hundred lashes minus one came from, is that it was supposed to be one lash short of death, and, and with, with that, that stuff that stripped skin off and everything, they tried to make it last. But Jesus is so, has gone through so much for several hours already before he tried, he, carries the cross, and it may have just been the crossbar, but he's weak enough that he can't carry it. So they pull this guy from the side to help him carry the cross. And they gave, uh, and they brought Jesus to the place of the skull, Golgotha. They gave him sour wine mingled with gall or maybe myrrh. Uh, that was uh, supposed a to be killer. a what? Painkiller. Right. Uh, and it's supposed to try to help him last longer. Uh and and be a little bit well and and maybe it was even supposed to be um uh a ministry to him and you know maybe it was supposed to be helpful but i think that jesus turned it down because he wanted to be 100% you know have all his wits about him and not be essentially kind of drunk uh on the cross because he there were things that he still needed to do, things he needed to say. Um, so, uh, so he turns it down. He won't drink. And we're going to stop right there. And we'll finish it next week. We'll finish all the, the crucifixion stuff for next week.
Um, I really do think it's providential for us to be here. Uh, as I mean, we've all, we've all, all of us are old enough to have spent many years exposed to the crucifixion and what all it means and all the backstory and everything. But when 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 I'm looking at it and looking at all four gospels kind of at the same time. And I've never done that before, uh, studied all the different angles of it uh, all at once, and at, even at this time of year. So um, it's it's been really interesting to me, and I believe it's God's, God's brought us here uh, at this time of year by design, that God actually put us here at this time studying this. So we'll finish next week with the crucifixion. And then we there's only one more chapter left in Matthew. I didn't mention it, but last last week we talked about we were in um chapter 26. There's over 70 verses in all four of the gospels. That's twice as long as most uh, chapters in the New Testament. Most of the gospel, the chapters in the gospel are around 30, 32, 34, 5, 7. There's over 70 in all four gospels. It's, it's interesting. Uh, and I guess they kind of grouped it together to not break stories up. But it, it, it's interesting because a lot of the chapters divisions are kind of random. Because men uh, did that. Right, right. The story, I mean, really one of the traditions is that a priest uh, riding on a donkey figured out where the brakes were. And he just, you know, oh, there's 23. And he's, uh, 20, oh, 24. I, I wanted to stick that extra verse there. But anyway, that I mean, I'm, I know I joke about a lot of things, but that really is, they think that may be an actual credible reason that they're just weird divisions for some of that stuff, so... Let me, let me pray for us. Father, thank you for your word. Give us a hunger for it and, and reward us by the reading of it. Build us up with your word. Um, when we're believing for that to be built up by your word. Um, go with us as we leave. Keep us healthy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.